What's going on, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of the Draining Jimmy's podcast. I hope everyone has been enjoying the last couple months. It has been a while since I last posted an episode, let alone recorded an episode. It's, it's been some time, to say the least, and a lot of things have happened since I last recorded my last episode. Now, now, if you look at a episode that I posted a while back, that wasn't really a episode that I recorded. It was a pre-recorded episode from two years ago, I believe. Uh, I recorded that, the game of golf, uh, talking about the history and everything going on. So my last episode was May the 16th. The last one I posted, the last one I recorded was just the day before on the 15th. But it has been about three months, almost, well, well over three months since I have recorded and posted an episode. So it's good to be back. Now, a lot of things have happened uh, since the middle of May till now. You know, the NBA, the NHL, uh, soccer, a lot of things have happened. F1 Grand Prix, we are in Major League Baseball. NFL is one week away. We have the first game next week, Chiefs and Lions next Thursday. So a lot of things have happened. So am I going to try and catch up on all of it? No, I, I did make some posts on so, my social media uh, congratulating, you know, Man City on winning the Champions League. Man City had a remarkable year last year, like going in towards the summer. Um, so if you look at here, they won the treble. Now, if you're not familiar with the treble, it is when you win the FA Cup, you win Premier League, and then you go on to win Champions League. So they completed that, which was very successful for them. And, you know, it was an incredible year. Man City dominated. They've been dominating the last couple of years, but finally getting over that hump and winning Champions League, getting the FA Cup, playing against Man United in that final. So we, we saw the incredible season of Man City. The NBA, the Denver Nuggets, who, when I did my playoff prediction, I did predict them to win the NBA Finals. So congratulations to them. Jokic winning the MVP. Jamal Murray, who is Canadian, let's not forget that, winning in the uh, winning the NBA Finals. Uh, and we also had the Stanley Cup Finals as well. We had Florida versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas taking home that, winning the Stanley Cup Finals. And you know what? Florida was just remarkable throughout that postseason. I did talk about, I believe, when I last did my recording thing, I talked about them beating the Leafs and then comparison to the mentality of both teams. But Florida just had a remarkable postseason not as remarkable as what Vegas did, but again, Vegas winning the Stanley Cup. So congratulations to them. But again, just remarkable. F1, like if, if you haven't been following Formula One this season, let me just recap. It's just been Red Bull dominating every race. Um, <laughs> if, if it's not Max Verstappen winning, it was his teammate, Checo, uh, a.k.a. Sergio Perez, winning. So it's just quite remarkable of what we've seen uh, out of Red Bull. Now, when Verstappen is winning, you know, his teammates sometimes podium, sometimes just sitting at the top 10 or just out of the top three. But it's just been remarkable that we've seen uh, that duo, just how dominant Red Bull has been with that car. And Max is just making it look easy. The last couple races, you know, it hasn't been by, you know, wide margin. We've seen him win by 25, 30 seconds. Uh, for a few races this year, but the last one was just about three seconds, I think he had. So, like, we're, we're seeing 
people starting to catch up. Sometimes it's the the scenario. Sometimes we could just be seeing him just taking it easy, but we're, we're seeing him still dominating. And yes, I said taking it easy because we're, we're seeing him just, you know, just just having his way with everyone. You know what? Like we, we've seen him start like in fifth spot, 14th spot, and just go on to win the race within, you know, take the lead within like 30, 40 laps and just having his way. Like he's just showing how much of a dominant driver he is. And we're excited for it. It is. It's exciting to see. But at the same time, too, you're just like, it's a little frustrating. It, it is. In the races that he didn't win, I believe he podiumed him. He was on the podium anyways. I think he was second in the two races that he lost. So here here we are. So, But again, like Red Bull has just been remarkable this season. It, they've been unstoppable. It's just been incredible. But again, it's... A lot of things that I can try and catch up in this episode here. I am going to do my NFL predictions for tonight for today's episode and get those out. And I will be predicting my uh, division winners, including my wild card, my number one seeds as well. I'm going to, tr- I'm going to get, do coach of the year, MVP, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year. So it's going to be interesting to see what i have for the upcoming season which again kicks off a week from tomorrow thursday so definitely going to be excited to see and how this nfl season goes but again it's the the last few months i've been trying to work on myself uh been enjoying watching some sports been went to the canadian open back in june which was just incredible to see and yes again the the drought is over for the RBC Canadian Open, we had a Canadian win. Nick Taylor taking it home. So, like, we're, we're seeing all this stuff happen this past year, and it's been remarkable. It's been incredible to see how it all happened. So, again, it, it's been a great summer. It, it really has. Baseball's getting down to the wire. We have about just over a month to go for the regular baseball season. Then, you know, it's playoff time, you know, Oktoberfest, basically. Uh, looking to see on how that all goes as well. It's been, you know, baseball season has been okay. Like Red Sox haven't been the best. You know, it's it's been up and down. Um, but let's let's hope that they can close it out. They're right now at the time as I'm recording, playing against the Houston Astros. They're down a couple runs, but let's hopefully they can close that gap and get themselves into a wild card. Fantasy football happened to me over the weekend as well. Uh, finally, you know, like last year, the last couple of years I've been doing fantasy. What was it? Uh, I finished third, I believe, third or fourth, depending on uh, which year I'm trying to think of, but losing both in semifinals. This year, I, I have no idea what's going to happen. Was I happy with my draft, with my team? Um, <laughs> well, you, you can say up and down. Uh depends on who you are. I sent a message to my buddy to show my team. He's... In polite words, he's like, I'm going to have a tough time. Um, that's the politest way I'm going to say it. Let's just say he said, ha, 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 you're something, something. Um, but uh, Drafting in seventh with my NFL fantasy team. Uh, Saquon Barkley, number one. I, I went with Amon Ross St. Brown. James Cook, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Christian Watson, Devonta Smith. Uh, Kirk Cousins is my quarterback. I did draft again. I went with another USC guy as well. I drafted Jordan Addison. Uh, again, Amon Ross St. Brown, who was from USC. 
one guy I did take one, and I think hopefully he should be able to bounce back after missing his rookie season, battling cancer. Uh, John Michi the third uh, out of Alabama, if you remember him, he was part of that great wide receiver core at Bama for the couple years. Went with the Bills D to Colts Zach Moss as well, because again Jonathan Taylor situations going on. I will get to that hopefully a little bit in this episode as well. But, you know, am I happy with my fantasy draft? Yeah, well, we'll see. It, it, it is like, you know, it's fantasy football. It's a roller coaster. You can look at your team and, you know, you're, you're, you think that it's crap, that it's garbage. And sometimes you may go off to win the fantasy football league. Like you just may win it. You may win the championship. You know, it's, it's up and down. You know, we're, we're waiting to see what the grades were for our draft. But again, it was... It was an up and down for my draft, um, to say the least. I, I don't know what this team's going to be. My my week of position, from what I could see, is my tight end. Um, it's that's that's going to be an up and down one too. So it's it's unique to see and how this is going to go. Again, am I happy with my fantasy team? Uh, that's that's up and down. It's, here, it's hard to say, really. I'm kind of not, but it's it's the way the cookie crumbles when it comes to fantasy. But again, it, it was a good draft. I did enjoy it. Obviously, the questions of Jonathan Taylor was the big factor. Um, I might as well just discuss that now. If you're not familiar with the Jonathan Taylor situation, which I'm sure everyone who follows the NFL is, contract dispute with the Colts, wants to uh, get re-signed, wants a high value, now, some of it has been talked about close to the Christian McCaffrey, which is about 16 mil a year. Now, Jonathan Taylor, coming off of injury, coming off of surgery, is technically not healthy at the moment, is on the pup list right now, uh, has requested a trade from the Colts. Uh, at one point, the Colts said uh, they will not trade him. Ursa came out and said that. Uh, and, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they granted him permission to seek a trade. They gave him a deadline of yesterday to see how it goes because yesterday was cut down day for rosters of the 53 man roster obviously now it's waiver wire so now we're seeing how everything uh, plays out but here we are uh, right now uh, Jonathan Taylor wasn't traded Miami Packers were the two teams interested tried to persuade Colts did request a first round pick or something similar uh, to a first round, so multiple picks or a player and a pick included. Uh, right now from Miami, the early talks were that it was Jalen Waddle uh, for Jonathan Taylor, maybe an additional pick as well. So uh, we, we trade away JT. But the thing is, though, and the teams that are trading him are also willing to take him, pay the price, and also give him the contract that he agrees to. So right now that's kind of a situation where you know, do you really want to give up the assets? And then if I know that he's not actually healthy or he gets injured and you're giving him the deal that he wants, he, he wants top dollar. And obviously this offseason, there was a little, you know, issues with running backs not getting paid with their value. And we, we saw that Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs finally got his one year, 12 year deal after leading the league in the NFL in rushing yards. And he has actually been a quiet 1000 yard rusher couple touchdowns like there there have been question marks on him and he has been he has answered the call he has been successful so he hasn't had really like anything bad it's just i think maybe sometimes it's the raiders organization 
I think they're assuming this with that. But you know what? It's it's been you know he's been quite good the last couple of years, quite silent. Couple touchdowns. He's had double digits. He's led the league in touchdowns, I believe, one year. And also, again, this past year he led the he, he led uh, the league in rushing. So you know he got his value one year just up to about twelve million dollars. Saquon got the franchise tag, or I think he got the deal as well, one year eleven million. So they're they're getting their deal. But again, Jonathan Taylor, you know, wants the, the security because this is his final rookie season. A uh, guy who he was drafted with, a guy I believe who was drafted ahead of him, Michael Pittman Jr. is playing out in his rookie year. So we'll see him potentially get extended next offseason. Uh, Derek Henry, who was drafted basically around the same position as Taylor, but this was a few years before, uh, played out his final year, got his deal as well before the season started. Uh, but again, like, again, it's the health concern, again, the injuries. He hasn't passed his physical, so him demanding a trade, wanting the big box, you know, like all this. So there, there's, I think there's more behind the scenes with the Colts. I, I really do. Um, at the start, I was like, I was kind of more in favor uh, because just because of the way Ursay worded the certain things, like, going, like if you're a Colts fan, you are well aware of the type of person Ursa is. He's a guy with a big heart, but sometimes he can, you know, uh, go off on certain points where it's, you're kind of questioning where he's going with his point. And we, when we heard the point where he was basically saying, you know what, at the end of it, we all move on. They're not like basically just moving on from what we are. Like they're never going to like, <laughs> like, like I said, if I'm going to requote it and I do apologize for, but basically saying like, you know, one day we're going to be both out of the league and, you know, they're not going to remember both of us and all this stuff. There, there's that comment where he said it and you're just wondering what, what is he talking about? Where, where is he going with this statement? So we, we've seen that contract dispute. They're hoping to repair it and I hope they do. But again, I feel like there's more behind the scenes from the Jonathan Taylor camp than there is the Colts camp. The Colts are doing their job. They want value. They want everything. Everyone's like, well, you want top value for this return, but you don't want to pay it. But but guess what? Some reports I've seen that the Colts are willing to extend him, but they want to see if he's able to do what he did two years ago after having such a serious injury. Now, Derek Henry is an example. Um, I remember when he signed his contract, that first year he went out for 2,000 yards. The next year he only played eight games, had over 900 yards, but then you're wondering the concern. Well, there, there's that concern about the big money for a running back. But the next two years, he goes over 1,500 yards for both. So it, it's a question that we need to see him bounce back, rebound, get into it. So the Colts kind of do have the right hand here. Now, Taylor, again, couldn't find a trade partner. There wasn't uh, the right trade there for the Colts to get in return. So right now we need to see, well, Right now, we need to see right now if if he can if he's willing to play. He's he's out for the first four weeks of the year, first four games because he's on the pup list, physically unable to perform. So that's going to be a struggle. It it really is. It's going to be a struggle right now, and hopefully he realizes that he needs to prove himself because. And this is where I'm now coming from, and I'll explain that in a, two seconds or so. Like right now, we're watching Jonathan Taylor do this. And I get he wants the contract, he wants the security. 
But if he is doing this and he's actually healthy and not saying that he's actually injured, the question is now is every time he w- he's up for a contract extension, is he going to pull the same stunt again? Like, here we are, I have this injury. What, what's going to stop it? And I feel like the teams that are trading for him should answer, ask them that question. If you're going to be disgruntled, are you going to do the same thing again to us? That's the question. So I feel like Taylor may actually be healthy. This is just what I'm assuming. I feel like he should be out there ready to practice, play, get familiar with it. So again, he's done a lot for the Colts. Again, last year was an up and down. Like, well, actually, last year was so far down that you should be able to dig a tunnel and find a new spot. But again, like it's, you know, like it's here. Here we are. Like Taylor has done well, and you're coming to this year like. You're probably going to be the focus back, new coach, new offense. And that's the th- thing, right? You have a new coach, new quarterback. You're going to have your quarterback that you drafted, Anthony Richardson, who actually I have been impressed with this offseason, and I'll get to that later on. But again, it's right now, it's the ball is in the, I think the ball is in Jonathan Taylor's court. I think he needs to realize what's going on, play out his contract, show his value. And then see what happens there. He has to prove to everyone that he is this guy that he's able to play on from an injury. So I think he wanted more security instead of prove it because he's like, oh, two years ago, eighteen hundred yards, uh, close to twenty over twenty TDs. Like here, here we are. But but again, it's the question is is can you duplicate that after having that injury season the next year? It's the rebound season that we need to see, and that's where we see some athletes struggle. So I don't think he's realizing that. But again, we will we'll see how this progresses. This is a unique situation. Uh, but again, it's it's in Jonathan Taylor's court. He has to realize what he needs to do, and we'll see what he's like in four games. Is he still going to be there? The Colts can still trade him. Trading is still there. But right now we need to see whether or not he wants to be a cold or if they can repair the relationship over the next four games. I, th- I think he needs to play out his contract. And I think he needs to show, and if he wants that deal, he's got to show all teams that he's able to perform. That That's what it is. Like, can we see him be the Jonathan Taylor from two years ago? Right now, I think teams are now questioning whether he can do that. So maybe there's some concern. Maybe he's actually not injured or maybe he's, you know, trying to work ways for himself. But right now, Jonathan Taylor, the ball's in his court. He's going to have to dictate what happens next, if he wants to stay a Colt or if he wants to go. But I, I think he's at the situation where, like, he may not get anything. He may not get that money that he wanted. So I think he needs to play it out. But we'll, we'll see how the season goes. Like, he'll be back week five if he's if he's willing to play. So we'll, we'll see. But it's it's been a roller coaster for Colts fans in that situation as well. But that, that's football. That's that's the game. So moving on from talking about Jonathan Taylor and sometimes losing track when it comes to talking about one of your favorite sports teams, um, moving on to Noah Lyles. And if you haven't seen it in the media or everything about the comments about NBA players calling themselves world champions and when they win the finals and win the NBA, the Larry O'Brien, they're, they're calling themselves the world champions. And... You know, he, he said that what he does, yes, he, he's facing the best in the world, and he's not wrong because this was in regards to the world championships for track and field. He is a sprinter, 100, 200, and in the relay, one gold and 
all three events. But again, uh, referring back to what he does in comparisons to the NBA. And yes, that did not sit right with a few NBA players. Obviously, you saw the comments of Kevin Durant, uh, Damian Lillard making those comments. Uh, Draymond Green even threw in his two cents in the regards of those comments. The funny thing is, too, when you look at it, the Bleacher Report posted that, and they're not posting these guys with their NBA teams. They're posting photos of Damian Lillard and Kevin Durant in their USA uh, jerseys with their Olympic medals that they won. So <laughs> Bleacher Report's not helping the case. Now, when he's talking about world champions, he's, he's talking about when you're, like, for example, the Denver Nuggets who just won, classifying them as the, the champions of the world. And when you're looking at it here, they're, they're not. For when you're looking at the national sports teams, the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, and as well as the NFL, like, they're not the world champions. They're, they're not. They're not, like... They, they have a diverse culture in all of them. Yes, many people around the world come and play the sports, especially baseball, basketball, and hockey. But again, they're they're, they're not the world champions. They, they haven't competed against teams from other countries. You're not seeing them com- combat against each other to determine that. And the, the one thing that's crazy is basically... 10 years ago, just over 10 years ago, Greg Popovich said the same thing. We are not world champions of anything. We're the NBA champions. They are. They're the National Basketball Association champions. Now, like a lot of people are taking the other way of this. Yes, the NBA has like some of the best talent in the world. Everyone comes, gets drafted into the NBA, and it's not just Canada and United States. It's it's all around the world. And you're seeing it with Europe, Asia, like South America, there are teams getting drafted to uh, the NBA. But that being said, that's not saying they're the best in the world. That's just showing that the diversity of the game growing worldwide. And that's what we're seeing here. But again, maybe there should be a tournament. Maybe they should determine it just like the way to do in soccer. Soccer, you you can win the world championship. Now, I'll explain that too, because some people are going to be like, well, that's only the World Cup. That's playing for your nation. No. So, FIFA has the FIFA Club World Cup. Basically, your soccer club that you cheer for, uh, for example, Man United, Man City, Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Crystal Palace, if you're looking at MLSE, TFC, uh, Cincinnati, um, uh, New England, uh, if you're looking at LA Galaxy, Mexico, Tigre, like those teams can compete for what is called the World Cup for your soccer club. You, you can have that. It's, it was established, well, now we're going over 20 years ago. But to get to that, you have to win your Champions League for your respective region. So whether it's UEFA, CONCACAF, uh, South America, Asia, Africa, you, you have to qualify. Like you have to get into those Champions Leagues, then you got to win them to qualify into the World Cup. And that's tough right there. And then you're, you're battling out to win the world cup to be the number one team. So there is something there for a team to say. So yes, soccer can say their club can be the world champions because they have, they've won it. They've, 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 they've taken the path to get there. So they themselves can call themselves the world champions, but the NBA, NHL, MLB. Yes, I know it's the world series, but they call it the world series because of the diversity that they bring in. They're not the world champions, 
but they are like they don't face teams from Japan or Korean League or from Europe. Like they don't face those teams to determine who is the world champion. Maybe that's what's something the world like we should look at. It's it's true. Um, the NHL, the same thing. Well, the NHL, if there is no NHL season, uh, they can award the Stanley Cup to a team that wants to go for it if there is no season there. That that's the truth. Um, but MLB, NFL, like they're they're not facing teams from other countries, and the NBA isn't doing things either. Like, don't get me wrong. Yes, I I know someone's probably going to bring up well, Canada's in another country. Yes, but that's North America. <laughs> like that's that's North America, ladies and gentlemen. That's not the world. But like right now, like they're they're not facing it. So baseball, NFL, uh, MLB or baseball. NBA, NFL, NHL, like they have diverse cultures. So like the everyone in the world, like the games expanded for all of them and they come there because of the market's big. So obviously the diversity is there. You're getting the world there, but you're not the world champions. You haven't beaten the best team from France. You haven't beaten the best team from China. Like you haven't beaten the best team from Africa. Like you're you're not beating those teams that could potentially beat you in a game. You're you're not facing that. Yes. Those leagues are talented. Yes, the money is there, but you're not seeing that right there. So Noah Lyles isn't wrong with the comments that he stated. And to pose people in their Team USAs as world champions doesn't help your case because, yes, they won Olympic golds. Yes, they've won the FIBA World Cup, that they've represented their country. But the Denver Nuggets can't say that they are the world champions for basketball because they haven't faced the teams that are that could potentially be better. And I know the NBA, the league, and everything, but you don't know. You, you really don't. So maybe down the road, or maybe they should, have something like that. Have a world tournament of the, like the, league, like the winners of their league, the champions right there, just like they do in soccer. Have that out there. They, they, they do. They, they really do. They really should have something like that. Like I mentioned earlier about talking about soccer, like the game, the growth, like you want someone to win, say it, like have them face the best Serbian team or like you get the winners of all the leagues, you put them into a little small tournament and you face them and you determine who is the world champion. Then you can say that your team won the world champion. Like Manchester United has won this tournament. Real Madrid has won that tournament multiple times. Barcelona, Liverpool, like there, there are teams out there that have won it multiple times. And, and they can say the world champions that their club is a world champion. But unfortunately, the NBA, the NHL, all that that's going on, the diversity is there. You have athletes from all over the world coming to join your league to play. But that doesn't make them world champions. That just says that the game has grown. That there's the diversity, like everyone, like you're you're seeing expansion, that you you're getting more talent, like talents growing. You're you're seeing it there. The NBA, the last decade, even more, like you're seeing the growth of the game. You're you're seeing that from Africa, from Europe, from Asia. You're seeing that talent grow, and we're, we're, the game is just expanding. And same with the NFL. You're you're getting some. T- you're getting rugby players that are from Europe coming over. And transitioning over to the NFL, Major League Baseball from literally all around the world, whether it's South South America, uh, 
Asia, especially Japan, Korea, China, like you're, you're seeing what's going on and like you're seeing the growth of this game and it's like, it's, it's all of them. But again, those leagues that I mentioned, NBA, NHL, MLB, like the World Series again, but they, they call it the World Series because the diversity that they bring in, but they're not the world champions. None of them are. None of them can say that they're the best in the world because, again, they're not facing it. Yes, there may not be leagues that will compete against it, but at the same time, too, they're still not the greatest team. They're not the best team in the world. It, it's not. They're, none of them are. But so to me, I agree with Noel Lyles. He's not wrong. Like, yes, when America puts in a team and they win, yes, the Americans are the best team in the world. The Americans are. But again, the Denver Nuggets are not. You know, like it's that's that's what we're looking at here. They're they're not. And to be crowned a world champion, you're not the world champions. So, you know, again, hats off to Noel Lyles for making that comment. I know some people are taking it the wrong way. But Greg Popovich said it over a decade ago, and how many people are going to argue with Greg Popovich? I I think he knows. So you have a guy who just succeeded at winning the world champion to say that he is at the 100-meter, 200 in relay, but you also have Greg Popovich as well who has won that NBA championship five times. So, you know, we we know how good he is, and we know how both of them are. But, again, I support what Noel – I agree with what Noel Lyle says. I, I do. You know what? But again, it's it's a matter of your opinion. But again, you're you're not the world champion. You you play with a lot of players from around the world. But again, it's you're you're not the world champion. You're you're you're, you're not until you beat the best from those around the world. You you are not crowned the champion. But it's to, again, when you win the league, you're, you're you have success. But again, it's I'm, I'm going to keep repeating myself with this again and again and again. But you know what, it's, it's a topic that has been, you know, driving some people mad about what they say. And it's, it's crazy to see, again, like I mentioned with Bleacher Report, you know, when you're, you're talking about people who are world champions, don't be posting them in their Olympic uniforms that they are when they're representing their country. Show them, like, what, what's going on. So I think there, there may have been some misunderstanding in those comments, but Noah Lyles is not wrong. He isn't. So, again, Popovich said the same thing a few years back. But again, like when you look at these comments, you, you, you some people are taking it a little, well, yeah, a little too far when it comes to it. But it's, you know, you're, you're not a champion of the world until you beat the best in the world. So every season, I usually do my predictions for the NFL. And like I said earlier on, we're almost... We're about a week away now from the NFL season kicking off. We have the Lions and the Chiefs going next Thursday. So like usual, or like before, I would do episodes dedicated to each division, going over their draft. This year, I'll just focus on mostly just making my picks for each division. Uh, I will be looking at my MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, as well as Offensive and Defensive Rookie of the Year as well. Uh, and then I announced my number one seeds as well. So it's definitely going to be uh, an interesting one. has been kind of a unique offseason. Uh, it was a unique draft. Uh, so <laughs> to say the least, well, actually, unique shouldn't be the word. It was a crazy draft, especially on the first day with the amount of trades being done. So definitely 
a new one from years before. But again, it's been it's been a crazy off season, especially now with uh, contract disputes going on as well. But let's let's focus on the task at hand and doing predictions. Uh, so for the AFC East, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills this season. Yes, that seems like a vanilla pick, but they're still the best team in that division. As, as much as Aaron Rodgers has joined the Jets, hopefully Tua is healthy. And even like the Patriots are going to be a better team than they were last year with one having a proper offensive coordinator for Mac Jones. So you should see him uh, take the next step. Uh, but again, the Bills are all around in depth uh, quarterback. Like they're, they're the best team. So look for them to clinch another AFC East title. Uh, and AFC North, going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, you have Pittsburgh, which should take another step. Uh, Cleveland, what's uh, next subject? Uh, <laughs> then you have the Ravens. But again, the Bengals are the best team. So the Ravens will hopefully potentially be in the playoffs. Um, I have them as one of my wild cards. But again, I do like the Bengals. With just Joe Burrow, that offense, um, they, they've got some key pieces there to help them continue, but they should take the AFC North. The South, well, the South is not going to rise again. It's definitely going up and down. So the AFC South, I have Jacksonville taking it. I think on paper they should be able to take it, especially with some additions. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, who was phenomenal last year, especially with the way Jacksonville was last year. But look at Jacksonville to take the division. Uh, they have some additions. Calvin Ridley hopefully is in game shape, ready to go. That will be a dangerous weapon for uh, the Jacksonville to have, especially for Trevor Lawrence, but they, they have the pieces there. They, they, they're going to – the South, you have Tennessee that can creep up. Uh, they could potentially do it as well, but I, I think Jacksonville, for the way they played last year, I, I think it's their division to, it's their division to lose. Let, let's put it there. Uh, and then lastly, the AFC West. Uh, you, you, again, you can call it vanilla pick. Um, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're, they're the defending Super Bowl champions. They're the best team in football. Like, let's look at it here. Let's, we, we, we see what they've done. So, uh, again, AFC East, the Bills, Bengals for the North, Jacksonville for the South, and the West would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, my wild cards, like, a lot of people are going to look at the AFC East as potentially having everyone in that team or everyone in that division making the playoffs. Um, but for me, I think the San Diego Charter, sorry, the LA Chargers should make it into the playoffs um, following with Herbert. The Jets, I will say that they do bar any injuries or inconsistencies. You have Aaron Rodgers there. You have a quarterback that should help you groom um, potentially his, the future replacement. Um, but again, with the talent that they have, with that defense and Aaron Rodgers, they should get into the playoffs. And lastly, I'll take the Ravens uh, to get in there as well. Um, but again, when you're looking at other teams that could potentially get in there, the Dolphins, the Steelers, the Titans, and yes, I'm going to throw in the Patriots there as well. The, I know it seems like it's a confuffle in New England right now, but Mac Jones, like last year, like you have a defensive coordinator calling your offensive plays. You're not going to take a step forward when that happens you're not getting growth so look at look at those teams as out teams on the outside looking in going forward 
Now going over to the NFC East, actually no, sorry, before I go over to the NFC, number one seed that I have as prediction, obviously the Chiefs. Like the AFC is, like you're looking at a little vanilla there when you're talking about it, but again, I think uh, overall uh, the Chiefs number one, but those are going to be my division winners and wild cards. So again, just to repeat, uh, East, Bills, North, Bengals, South, Jacksonville, West, Chiefs, and then Chargers, Jets, and Ravens as your wild cards with the Chiefs finishing out as the number one seed. Now to the NFC. Um, this this was a little bit more difficult to look at, but um, it's kind of hard to predict as well because there definitely has been some changes. So NFC East, I'm liking the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, they were at the Super Bowl. Yes, they won the West. And I do like them to continue on with that success. They did get a little bit better. Um, they did lose some pieces, but again, they did do. They did improve, especially on defense with some draft picks. So I like the Eagles to win the East. The NFC North has definitely had some changes. Rodgers has left. Minnesota, to me, in my opinion, Minnesota. This is their division to lose. They should be taking the next step, or they should be able to take over this division. Um, but we'll see what. Jordan Loves does with Green Bay. We're going to see what, you know, Justin Fields can do with Chicago. They made some moves in Chicago. They, they they gave him some weapons, but the question is, what can he do with it? And I think we're going to sit back and have to wait and how this all plays out. But I like the Lions, which a lot of people have predicted uh, with Dan Campbell and the way that team moved last year and some additional pieces. Look for the Lions, in my opinion, to take the North. The South, um, <laughs> Well, Drew Brees is gone. Um, but again, the South is, we don't know. We have Bryce Young in quarterback uh, for Carolina. You have, I believe it's Riddler for Atlanta. You have Bijan Robinson, who uh, the Falcons drafted. You have the Buccaneers, who, you know, it's, it's not Tom Brady there anymore. And I believe it's Baker Mayfield taking over as starter. So, it's it's a hit or miss for that. But for me, I'm going to go with the, the New Orleans Saints to win the NFC South. So for me, for the NFC West, it's going to be the 49ers. They're the best team in the NFC West. We're going to see here. Um, overall, when you look at that division, I, I know I said I wasn't going to talk much about the divisions, but again, when comparing it to the Rams, should improve. But I don't think those teams have done enough to try to like, compete with the 49ers. Rams will be healthier. Seattle should improve on from last year. They did add some weapons. Uh, right now, the Cardinals, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, Murray's on the pup list, but at the same time, too, it's going to be a challenge to see how they can continue on. But again, some people might think that they're looking to tank uh, for the number one pick for next season. But um, the 49ers should compete with the NFC or with the NFC, uh, especially uh, with the Eagles as the number one seed. But we'll, we'll we'll see how it plays out. With my wild cards, like the NFC East again should be the best division in the NFC overall. So I do like the Cowboys, the Giants, as making the playoffs. We'll see them. You know they they get some talent. Uh, but they should be able to take the next steps, both of them. Like, you have to see consistency out of the Cowboys. They should be there. The Giants should take steps 
going forward. They played very well last year, too. Um, Saquon got a new contract. They drafted some weapons for Daniel Jones. So take a look for them to continue on. And then for me, the last team that should make this wild card is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. So that that's my, my three wild card picks. Teams that could potentially look at maybe sneaking in as a wild card. I put the commanders in. Rivera does good things with this roster. And I, I think with Howell as a quarterback, that could potentially get them there. But I don't think it'll be enough. Um, the Packers, we don't know what's the story with Jordan Love. Did he learn enough? How's this offense going to move? The Chicago Bears, again, did they do enough for um, Did they do enough for Justin Fields? And can Justin Fields grow with this new weapons as well? Um, the Rams, again, if the Rams are healthy and have the right pieces in, they should go in Seattle. The question is, is Seattle going to grow on? What are we going to see? Are they going to take that next step? Are they going to go back to the playoffs? I think there might be some other pieces there, but Seattle sh- like will be like probably well, Seattle should make the playoffs. But for me, I think they're going to have some tough tough competition. But they should grow on from last year. But again, I I do like my three Cowboys, Giants, and the Vikings as my wild cards. And then I have the Eagles finishing as the number one seed in the NFC. So definitely going to be interesting and looking like a repeat. That's not a prediction of what the Super Bowl is going to be. Those are just my number one seeds for each division or for each conference. Sorry. So Chiefs for the uh, AFC and then you have the Eagles for the NFC. So MVPs uh, for this season. What I'm looking for as my MVP when I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts as being as your MVP uh, defensive player of the year. I'm going to go with Sauce Gardner. He, he had a remarkable season last year. I think, you know what, with this season, with the way what's projected for the Jets, why not give him the opportunity to earn Defensive Player of the Year honors? Uh, Coach of the Year, I'm going to go with Dan Campbell. I, I think he did a remarkable job last year. I think that's going to carry forward if he can get a division win and the Lions to the playoffs. So that's just remarkable there for growth for him. Uh, rookie of the year, I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson, uh, who's drafted by Indianapolis, uh, fourth overall, the quarterback. It, it's going to be an up and down year, but I, I feel like the rushing yards that he's going to put on, the TDs that he can get from the ground, and he can make some big explosive plays. If you saw him in the preseason, don't let the stats, don't use the stats as your key right there. Watch the game, watch what he's been able to do, see how he runs. He can throw the ball. He actually had some nice throws. Sometimes the wide receivers let him down, but you had those struggles there. Uh, offensive player, or sorry, offensive rookie of the year, Bijan Robinson, and then um, well, Bijan Robinson. He's he's going to be the potential the primary back for the Atlanta Falcons. And lastly, Will Anderson Jr., uh, defensive end, uh, who's drafted by Houston um, as my defensive rookie of the year for what Houston did to trade up to get him. And he was projected as one of the best defensive players in this draft. We want to see what he does. And I think for the price that they paid, he has to be the top priority as the defensive rookie of the year. And in in the South, you're, you're going to be facing some mobile quarterbacks. So this is definitely a challenge to see what this guy can do on defense. And so again, just to repeat, MVP, Jalen Hurts, Defensive rookie, defensive Player of the Year, Sauce Gardner, uh, Overall Rookie of the Year, Anthony Richardson, 
uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Will Anderson Jr., Offensive Rookie of the Year, Bijan Robinson, and Coach of the Year, Dan Campbell. Those are my predictions for this NFL season, which, uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast episode of the podcast, is about a week away. So definitely going to be looking forward uh, to that season. But you know what? Overall, when you're trying to do these predictions, it, it can be tough. It, it really can. It's definitely a, a tough one to do, but definitely looking forward to uh, how this all goes, but definitely going to be a lot of fun. And that's it for today's episode of the podcast. Um, one thing I did forget to talk about earlier on, part of the crazy last couple of months was the Women's World Cup. Congratulations to Spain on winning the World Cup. But overall, it was a great tournament. I was little disappointed that Canada wasn't too able to make it through. A um, lot of expectations for the Canada's women's soccer team, especially if this was the last one for Christine Sinclair, who had a remarkable uh, career, uh, especially, you know, what she did for Canada soccer overall. I was happy about uh, the Portuguese national team. They played remarkable. You know, it, it's tough when you see your game go because like it was a goalpost. It was, it was a good game against the USA. Portugal was just remarkable in that final game, but it's tough when it's a goalpost that, you know, you could have potentially got you through, but overall the women's world cup uh, was great to watch. Again, if you're from Canada, it it was, it was tough, but again, congratulations to Spain on winning uh, the world cup. They, they, they fought hard. And they, they played incredibly well. Like, you, you're seeing the game grow. And now you're seeing other countries putting the funding forward for women's soccer. You know, and we all know before, you know, USA was the dominant country. But now you're seeing other countries, the growth that we're seeing. So you're going you're gonna to see some great quality soccer uh, for the next, <laughs> for a long time, if they keep keeping, keeping up with that funding. But... Overall, it was a good tournament. Congratulations to Spain. Um, F1 is back this weekend as well. Like I, I know I mentioned it earlier a lot with Red Bull, but it was uh, it has been a great season for them. I, I can't take that away. Verstappen has been wonderful overall, but it's just been you know it's just been dominating for them. Verstappen alone has been dominating. He's only lost two races. And again, those races were won by his teammates. So again, a uh, race this weekend as well. Um, also, Ryder Cup, uh, we're getting close to that. That's something I will have to uh, discuss about in a future episode as well. Champions League, uh, the pots have been announced. So the groupings and everything, the draws tomorrow for the group stages for Champions League. So that's going to be a topic for next episode catch up on some English Premier League next episode as well. Um, depending on when the next episode is going to be released, I may have, we may have already seen the first NFL game, um, which is next third, which is Thursday. So we're, we're basically a week away now, uh, depending on when you're listening to this episode from the NFL season kicking off. I'll catch up on some major league baseball, NBA, NHL, not too far away. FIBA world cup is going on right now. Um, so, like, there's a lot of stuff going on uh, at this current time, too. Uh, so it's definitely going to be 
exciting. Um, again, next episode's going to be just as busy, just trying to catch up on everything, uh, especially, again, with Champions League, uh, catching up on English Premier League, catching up on baseball, talking about the NFL. Um, oh, I, I continue on. And also looking into the Ryder Cup uh, with their team. We're, we're definitely going to be excited to see. Again, and we just had the Tour Championship with Hovland winning that as well, and we, we saw what he did. It's definitely going to be a, a, a crazy next couple of weeks with a lot of stuff trying to catch up on, but it's good to be back uh, recording an episode. Um, again, I'll be back next week catching up on a lot of stuff that I may have missed for this episode, but it's good to be back. Um, enjoy your night. Enjoy your weekend. This is the Draining Jimmy's Podcast. Thank you.